All right, wrestling fans, it is Wednesday, June 9th, 2021, which means it's time for Pro Wrestling America. Brought to you today by yours truly, Southern Dynamite, the promoter, owner, CEO, and every other title you can think of for Pro Wrestling America. This week, we have the matches coming from the Young Arena in Waterloo, Iowa. But before we get to there, let's get to the house shows from this past weekend as we get to build up a little bit to this card. June 4th, Iowa City, Iowa. Brett Wayne Sawyer defeated Rasta Davuduman. The Nightmares defeated PG-13 when Ken Wayne penned Wolfie D. Jimmy Golden defeated Eric Embry by countout. Honky Tonk Man defeated Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert. Jesse James Armstrong defeated Billy Gunn. And in the main event, Iceman King Parsons and Brickhouse Brown defeated Bobo Brazil and Special Delivery Jones, the former world tag team champions, by disqualification when Dirty Dutch Mantel and David Von Erich attacked the American tag champs. So you have that feud still going on there. The next night, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Steve Carino defeated Iron Mike Sharp. PG-13 got their revenge against the Nightmares by defeating them when J.C. Ice pinned Ken Wayne. Gentleman Chris Adams defeated Raven. Billy Gunn and Jimmy Golden defeated Jesse James Armstrong and Eric Embry. And Chris Candido and Rick Rude defeated Kurt Henning and Austin Idol. And then that main event. Number one contender for the world heavyweight title... Bobo Brazil defeated David Von Erich. So now Bobo Brazil gets to go on to tonight's card to face The Undertaker for the world heavyweight title. All right, and there are no roster changes for this week. And part of that is because nobody's contract is coming up anytime soon. The nearest one is Billy Gunn, actually, coming up at the beginning of July. And we have, we're right at the cap. So any other wrestlers that I would like to sign would put me over the cap, and I really don't want to do that. So, let's get to the card. Got some big matches here, continuing on with some of the big feuds going on, especially Honky Tonk Man and Gentleman Chris Adams with uh, Eddie Gilbert and Raven, David Von Erich and Dirty Dutch Mantel with Ice Making Parsons and Brickhouse Brown, and then, of course, the one that is just getting started, really, Gold Dust and Great Muda, along with Undertaker and Bobo Brazil. This will be the first match of a feud going on for them for the next couple of months. So, let's get into it. First match on the card, Honky Tonk Man versus Raven. I mean, you want to talk about a match that, as these things go, would be a main event just about anywhere. You have Raven winning the match with the even flow in a time of 8 minutes and 4 seconds. But afterwards, Eddie Gilbert comes out and the both of them start beating down on Honky Tonk Man, busting him open and leaving him basically in the middle of the ring just for dead. The next match you had, Austin Idol facing off against Rick Rude. This great feud from the early 80s in Memphis had many great matches this one almost goes to the complete time limit but 
Rick Rude does get the win with the Rude Awakening in a time of 14 minutes, 11 seconds. The next match has Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert facing off against Gentleman Chris Adams. And this match doesn't get off the ground very quickly. In 14 seconds, Raven comes out, nails Adams, gets Gilbert disqualified, but then bust, the two of them jump Adams until uh, he is busted open after three even flows onto a chair. The next match had Chris Candido facing off against Buzz Sawyer. A great brawl between these two, but Candido comes out on top in a time of 11 minutes and 3 seconds. Then we had the oddest match on the card. Dirty Dutch Mantel has to defend his television title. He is not willing to put the title up in the World Tag Team title match because he's already defending one title in that match. So he handpicks an opponent. And that opponent turns out to be Nightmare Danny Davis. The match lasts eight seconds as literally Davis just lays down for Mantell to pin him so that he can have the title defense and not be stripped of the title. Then we move right into me coming out and saying, well, you didn't really do much for that match, so I'm going to move up the World Tag Title Match, and we're going to have it right now. And so, Dirty Dutch Mantel is in the ring. David Von Erich comes out, stomping to the ring, not liking this. And he says, fine, here's the deal. We'll have the match now. We'll put any stipulations up that you want. We don't care. As long as they put up Iceman King Parsons' spot in the Deadly Dozen Tournament for the Illinois heavyweight title. Well, we are family starts to play. Iceman comes out, stands next to me and says, absolutely, I'll put my spot up on the line. But we're going to make this a Falls Count Anywhere match. Which, of course, Mantell and Von Erich being the two most dangerous heels in the entire PWA at the point at this point are fine with a Falls Count Anywhere's match. So, we have the match set up. Falls count anywhere for the world tag team titles. But also, if Von Erich or Mantell can pin Iceman, I, they take Iceman King Parsons' spot in the Deadly Dozen tournament starting in July for the Illinois heavyweight title. With the Falls count anywhere stipulation, I also call... David Manning out as Jerry Calhoun was the referee already in the ring. I said, well, if we're going to have a Falls Count Anywhere tag team match, I need both referees sticking each one of them with a pair of the guys because who knows where in the arena they will end up fighting and not necessarily with all four of them in the same place for one person to keep track of. So we have both referees. You have all four men brawling all over the place and literally they brawled everywhere you had them in the ring the ringside area the announce table was destroyed the timekeeper's bell was used numerous times as well falls county or why have any rules to begin with especially with these two guys and all of the stuff that is going on and on the line but then it spills off into the crowd 
Iceman and Von Erich go off into the heel dressing room area. Brickhouse and Mantell stay around the ringside area, especially in the north side of the fans. And we have brawl everywhere. The cameras can hardly keep up with it. Iceman eventually puts David's head through the men's restroom door in the hallway. And it's just, it's just a mess. And this goes on for 57 minutes. Almost the entire one hour time limit. And finally, finally, in the back area, in the concession stand, Iceman takes Von Erich down with a belly-to-back suplex, and Von Erich's head hits the base of the counter as he goes down. Iceman gets the pin. Your new world tag team champions are the American tag team champions, Iceman King Parsons and Brickhouse Brown. And while that's going on, Mantell has pile-driven Brickhouse onto the concrete floor, but the bell rings before Manning can get down to count, and that just irritates Mantell to no end, that he has the match won, but the other two have already taken the decision from him. Now we get into the two newest feuds for the month of June. And this one for the American heavyweight title, Goldust defending against Great Muda. This goes back to the Battle Royal to crown a number one contender for the American heavyweight title, where these two were the last two in the ring. And Muda had issues with Goldust and how he won, because he swears his feet never his foot never touched the ground as Jerry Calhoun said it did. He's going to take his time and get his revenge. So, Muda and Goldust, 45-minute time limit. And this match was an amazing match for the half hour that it lasted. And you had both men going and pulling out all the stops. Goldust had been misted once. Muda had kicked out from the curtain call twice. Everything they're trying to get to have the American heavyweight title around their waist. And it goes on, brawling all over the ring, sometimes breaking into a little bit of scientific, but that's only because Goldust decides that he needs to ground Muda for a little bit. He gets him grounded, a series of backbreakers, four of them in a row as he goes from one corner to another, Gold Dust finally gets Muda situated and he decides to climb the turnbuckle for a flying elbow drop. But Muda kips up, jumps onto the top rope, and takes him off with a flying head scissors. And Gold Dust literally rolls all the way across the ring, slams his head on the top turnbuckle on the other side of the ring. Muda does a handspring elbow into the corner before being able to wrap him up in a dragon sleeper, which Goldust eventually must tap out of. So your new 
American heavyweight champion is the great Muda. And so as Muda celebrates in the ring, Billy Gunn's music starts to play. And Billy Gunn makes a challenge for the American heavyweight title. It should literally be his because, well, he held it for a while. Now, granted, he physically held the title while Jesse James Armstrong was the champion. Yeah, I don't think that really counts. That's not going to be in the PWA records for him being the actual American heavyweight champion. And really, Muda disses him by not even paying attention to him. Gunn starts to get upset with being dissed by Muda as the new champion. So he starts heading down to the ring. Well, he gets hit from behind by Jesse James Armstrong. And that brawl goes into, spills into the ring. And then you have Muda and Armstrong beating up on, on Gunn. You have Jimmy Golden and PG-13 run down to the ring. You have the Nightmares run down to the ring. You have Eric Embry run down to the ring. You've got 10 men brawling in the ring until Muda finally decides to just take his title and walk away. Gold Dust looks at all the carnage going on and shrugs his shoulders and just walks off as well. So you have the strong army and the guns for higher battling in the ring until security is able to separate them. Is Muda going to give Gunn a title shot? I kind of doubt it, but he might do it after Goldust's automatic return title shot. So now we get to the main event of the night. World heavyweight title match, Undertaker facing Bobo Brazil. Now, I look at it, and I've just gone through my whole list of wrestlers, both that are in the PWA and those that are on standby for if room in the salary cap comes up. I have nine guys in the world heavyweight title division in the PWA right now. And each of them are based on their rankings in the PWA top 500 over the last 30 years now on a scale of 1 to 10 based on their average spot in there. Undertaker, Rick Rude, and Stone Cold Steve Austin all come in as 10-point wrestlers. Bobo Brazil is the lowest-rated wrestler in the World Heavyweight Title Division at 2 points. Why? Because most of his career was done well before PWI started to do their top 500 wrestlers of the year. But he does appear in the lower 400s in the PWI top 500 of the PWI years, which goes back all the way to 1973. So he gets that mentioned along with a lot of the major icons of the 70s and 80s in wrestling. So you have one of the top-rated wrestlers, against the bottom-rated wrestler in here. But Brazil got the win over David Von Erich at the house show in Cedar Rapids, so he gets the number one contender spot, and now he gets his shot. And his shot lasts 2 minutes and 11 seconds as Undertaker literally just picks him up, drops him in a tombstone after a minute or so, 
and gets the pin. And there is question as to whether Manning's hand was on the mat when Brazil kicked out or not. Manning says it was. Brazil says it wasn't. So this brings up an entire issue with now Bobo feeling that he's being gypped by the PWA, first by having lost the world tag titles to David Von Erich and Dirty Dutch Mantel, now having been cheated out of the world heavyweight title, and he demands a rematch from Undertaker. And Undertaker just smiles and says, okay, you can have another rematch, another time. Anywhere, I can do it all over again. And Bobo takes real dislike to that and literally slaps Undertaker across the face. No wrestler gets by with that. I mean, I don't care how big you are. And Houston Harris, Bobo Brazil, was a big man. I mean, he literally could stand eye to eye with Undertaker and have no problem. He was the one of the roughest wrestlers in the Midwest back in the 70s. I mean, he is a you know, icon of wrestling as having been having had wrestling matches in six different decades. That is a man who was able to hold his own in the ring. But at this time, Brazil kind of gets cheated out of it. But that's one of the great ways of being able to start a rivalry and start a feud between people is that just have it be questionable. It doesn't have to be a clear-cut Undertaker just completely crushed him and Brazil's trying to get something back. This is, no, I didn't even have the chance to get started and I need that opportunity. And so that's the direction I'm heading with this feud between Undertaker and Bobo Brazil. It's the way I'm kind of handling Gold Dust and Great Muda is that both guys are going to be complaining that you know the matches that they lost should have gone the other way. They'll blame the referees, they'll blame the booking committee, whatever. Who cares? But here we have for a little bit at least Undertaker and Bobo Brazil uh, having a feud with each other over the world heavyweight title. Now, Brazil and Special Delivery Jones had a 25-match winning streak. Will Bobo Brazil have the same thing if he can defeat The Undertaker? Will The Undertaker have just a long undefeated streak? And looking back at the rankings, he doesn't. He is at the top of it because he is the world heavyweight champion. But again, his record's not perfect. He has had his losses in great matches. But again, could there be a streak for The Undertaker for a while as the world heavyweight champion? Sure, why not? Then again, it could be very much like Flair when in any of his numerous world title reigns where a lot of his title defenses went the time limit. I don't usually book matches that way because I like to have clear wins and losses. Even if the actual cleanliness is rather fuzzy, I like to have wins and losses. I don't like to have an entire list of wrestlers being like six wins, two losses, 25 ties. You know, that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. 
but other booking crews not wanting to have it. But also in an age back in the 80s and 70s where you didn't have the great uh, you didn't have the great range of exposure except for through the magazines you had to go from one city to another to another and basically repeat the same match over and over again so it was a lot easier to just book draws where you didn't have to worry about like Ricky Steamboat winning the title in Charlotte but then losing it two nights later in Greensboro and then winning it again in Richmond and you know on and on with the whole mid-Atlantic and Atlanta territories that were going on at the time. I like having wins and losses. And I don't mind them being a little dusty either. But there is a great spot for time to be able to look at it and say, hmm, can we have a feud that may be a little one-sided? Does it have to be an even feud? And I don't think I've even made the strong army guns for hire feud all that even. But I do try to keep it to where it doesn't get completely out of hand. And hopefully that's what happens with the feuds that are coming up this summer. But anyway, I've been rambling on for a little bit after the matches are over. But just to give you a little idea of the thoughts going on in my head. But I will sign off now. This is Southern Dynamite Doug Minton, the promoter owner and all the other things for the pro wrestling america come back tomorrow for digging deeper into psalm 22 you want to talk about a great and wonderful psalm we're taking the entire week to look at that one but also be back next week for the confessional corner uh, pro wrestling america next week is in the sanford pentagon in sioux falls south dakota what's going to happen now that the American Tag Team Champions are also the World Tag Team Champions, there will be more coming up for that next week. I will see you then. This is Southern Dynamite, Doug Minton, signing off.